Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, um, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Each day at 8 a.m., we do the 8 at 8. We call it the Ocho, 8 stories to get your day going. One. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has explained the nuances of his decision to take the ball first in overtime in the Super Bowl on Sunday, a decision that has been largely criticized. I think a lot of results-based criticism going on. I think a lot of, you know, that's my own take on it. I, I don't know how many people were standing on the table saying he was screwing up by doing that. Um, but whatever the case, the Niners lost the Super Bowl. Here was Kyle Shanahan explaining not only the decision, but also there is uh, the, the fact that there were a lot of Niners players that didn't realize there were different overtime rules when it came to possession in overtime. We did say, and we told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss, hey, review everyone with them, make sure they're sure before we go out. So we asked the position coach to do that, but no, I didn't cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Um, we did it with our analytics department. We decided that going into the playoffs. What you know, I think you guys know how I've explained how I make decisions with that stuff in the past. I take all the information I can get, um, especially ones I haven't been in, and um, our analytics felt that was the best way to go. But as you guys know, I don't always just go with that. Uh, I take into account what they say, what they think is right, and then I go off my gut in the heat of battle, and I knew what they felt going into it. And when I think about that during the moments I have to make the decision, I think the type of game it was did match what they felt was the best way to do. It did seem more like a field goal game. Um, and our defense had been out there for a real long time right before that. So uh, it was no, I didn't feel at all to override that at the time. Yeah, and the, the big part about that where the defense had just been on the field for an 11-game series before you know the 49ers just had a couple of closeout snaps. And the big, big, big part that makes it individual to the 49ers when we talk about the defense being tired is that in that game, you saw very clearly – through the first part of the game, the 49ers were getting a really good rush with just four guys, and it was very effective. As those guys started to tire out, the 49ers had to blitz, and as we know, Pat Mahomes is very, very good against the blitz. Mm-hmm. It was not working as well. So I think the best, I think that Kyle's justification would be that, man, our best chance at getting a good, viable, pass rush that doesn't hurt us by having to blitz is to get these pass rushers as fresh as possible and hopefully go out there on a long offensive drive and get those guys legs back so I'm I am a hundred percent totally okay with this decision and uh, and, and listen everybody too I'm sorry that I'm sorry that somehow you think that the analytics of like a generic chart from ESPN analytics is better than like the actual analysts working for the 49ers that take into account everything about their team in this matchup is superior. Um, it's just uh, that's not always the case. There's differences in opinion among analysts as there are uh, just human opinion. Well, not not just who they work for, but the moment in which they're working. Like, these guys are up in the booth in the game. Like, Kyle Shanahan yeah. said it 
we felt the way that game was playing. It was a field goal guy, kind of game. And again, I, I, I'm glad he pointed that out because it's not as though the Chiefs were just lighting the world up offensively. They had right. one touchdown in the game, and it was on a one-play drive inside the, the Niners that started inside the Niners' red zone. The scenario that people keep bringing up to me, uh, and, they, and, and they act like it's a trump card or something, is like, well, what if... What if the 49ers scored a touchdown and then the Chiefs come out and they score a touchdown? They have the option to go for two. Okay, two things. One, who the hell cares? Okay, great. Then you decided on that play. Um, two, that's one out of 16 possible scenarios in terms of how the, how the drive ends between the 49ers and then the Chiefs. So, like, you're going to let that one out of 16th scenario be the determining factor for whether you get the ball first or second. Yeah. It's just, it's such a non, it's so bogus that like otherwise intelligent people on television are acting like this was the dumbest thing ever done. Right. And like, to your point, Sean, I don't think they had a single strong opinion about it at the moment yeah, I don't or either. thought about it at all. But now because it didn't work out, it's the dumbest thing apparently that anybody's ever done. Two. Uh, Seth, rejoice. Astros pitchers and catchers report today. Baseball season is here. Uh, at least the way I look at it. We've got baseball in our lives. Astros pitchers and catchers reporting to the Astros spring training facility in West Palm Beach today. Um, so we'll start to get some sound from the Astros. We'll start to get a feel on what Joe Espada is all about. I'm sure we'll hear plenty from Dana Brown. In fact, maybe later in the show we'll have some Dana Brown for you here. My, I was just thinking about this. Like My biggest question or concern as the Astros is the, the spring training is starting today. My biggest concern is the pair of Framber Valdez and Christian Javier. Framber Valdez, who is is among the leaders on the odds board for the Cy Young in the American League, despite being very inconsistent during the second half of very inconsistent during yeah. the second half of last season, and Christian Javier, who looked to have figured some things out in the postseason and then got shellacked in Game Seven of the ALCS. He didn't even last one inning in game, and he was bad too at various times. Those are, you know, Verlander's your horse. That's probably a bit of a concern, too, just because he's, you know, 40 now. Um, but Javier and Framber Valdez trying to regain their 2022 form is my mm-hmm. biggest concern with the team right now. I, yeah, I know. Look, in Framber, I think the consistency was gone, but overall on the season, he's still <laughs> very, very, very respectable. Just looking at the numbers, which. In Fran- with Framber, don't tell the whole story whatsoever, um, you know, given how consistent he had been the year before. But I think that I feel, I feel pretty confident about that. I think with Framber, over the course of the season especially, the, the changes in the pitch clock may have had more of an effect on, uh, on a guy who had cultivated a more calm, cool, and collected demeanor. Yeah. But that, that had included taking some time off to rest and relax. You know, when things started to go a little haywire two years ago, he was able to step off the mound, breathe through his eyelids, all that. Um, he couldn't do that anymore. So I feel better about that. I think the Luis Garcia is an X factor that I kind of, people kind of forget about and the fact that he was gone. And then uh, I guess the other part, whether it needs to become dramatic or not, is just whether Josh Hader becomes officially the closer versus Ryan Presley and how all that plays Yeah, out. I mean, I, I think, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if they label one of them the closer or the other. I think it's a lot of it's going to be situational because Hater's a lefty. So that gives I know you... It, 
Yeah. If, if, if there's one thing I remember, Sean, though, about back when A.J. Hinch would uh, get up in front of the media every day and say, we don't need a named closer, people will not let it die. Uh, they People need a named closer. No matter how much the manager says they don't need a named closer, he'll be asked about it every damn day. It's going to be annoying as hell. Three. Andre Johnson, Hall of Famer, meets with the media today. This is a very short bullet point just to let you guys know that you'll probably be hearing some Andre Johnson audio on the uh, on the station uh, later today. So Andre Johnson's first meeting with the Houston media since being named to the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame last week. You know what? I, I bet Brandon Scott will be there. My submission for a question that Brandon Scott might Ooh, ask yeah, is what just, would it be? I'd like to know like, how, how it was for Andre to have to kind of you almost had to go up there and sell yourself a little bit, you know. Like it starts to be a little bit of a campaign, and that doesn't that's not that's not that doesn't come natural to Andre. He's not a he's not a self promoter or anything. Brandon can figure out how to phrase it better, but I'm just curious about that dynamic. Was it uncomfortable for him to have to be a little bit of a self promoter in the last? couple Well, of years? when he'd get asked to make a case, and one of the guys he's making a case against is his former college teammate Reggie Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that that adds to it. Uh, The uncomfortable low. But Andre Johnson meets with the media 11 a.m. today. Four. The New York Knicks are protesting the Rockets' win over them on Monday night. If you recall, there was a controversial foul called on Jalen Brunson as he sailed past Aaron Holiday on a last-second three-point heave. And um, foul gets called. Holiday goes to the line, makes a couple free throws, wins the game. After the game was over, the lead official was interviewed for the, you know, they do that pool report where the media gets a chance to ask about uh, controversial calls in the game, and none was more controversial than this one. And the officials admitted they got it wrong. They couldn't overturn it because Tom Thibodeau, the coach of the Knicks, had no challenges left. Um, So the result stood, um, but now the Knicks are filing a protest. Normally not successful. I don't think this one will be successful, but Seth, duly noted for the New York Knicks. Yeah, uh, only six protests in league history have been upheld. So it's not very common. The last Happened one in 2007 was, last yeah, time. Yeah, 2007 was the last time. So it's been, it's, it, it, it's been a minute. Five. Uh, ESPN, anybody who thinks that college football is dying, I have this headline for you. ESPN signs $1.3 billion per year deal with the college football playoff. Six years, $1.3 billion with a B uh, per year. Um, so big money for the college football playoff from ESPN. I'm going to add one here. Six. About the college football playoff, they plan on voting, Seth, the board of managers for the college football playoff. Plans mm-hmm. on voting. I know, prestigious title. What are you? I'm on the board of managers. Um, February 20th, which is a week from yesterday, they are going to vote on the new format of the 12-team playoff, which is expected to be top five conference champions and then the next seven highest-ranked teams in the committee's final rank. So the committee will still be part of our a very big part of our lives here. So uh, uh, the each conference champion will definitely make it, and then after that, it's just based on the rankings. Yep, okay. yep. That seems fair enough. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, well, not ever going to be completely – now it does open the door for, you know, the SEC having – you know, the SEC one year might have four people in the tournament, I, or the Big Ten could have five teams in the tournament. Dude, if you were to put a if – if you were to blindly give me three and a half as the number of SEC teams that make a 12-team college football playoff for the next five years – if I could bet over, you know, in the, in perpetuity, or at least for the next five years, over three and a half on SEC teams, I feel like I'd make money. I feel like more often than not, they're going to have at least four teams in a 12-team playoff, the SEC. 
Well, I mean, because now the Big Ten is incorporating. Okay, just take the. Uh, wait, they're still going to use the college football rankings. Yes, uh, the, the committee yeah. rankings. Yes. Yeah. Shoot, this popped up. Just the AP top twenty-five popped up. Whatever. Uh, they mirror see, each other. Michigan, Washington, Texas, Georgia, Alabama. So you got three SEC already. Mm-hmm. Oregon. For, yeah, you're gonna get. You're gonna have a whole boatload of Big Ten and SEC schools yep. in this. Uh, yep. In those, this deal. Those yeah. seven of the seven at-large teams, we'll call them. I would bet that I'd be shocked if I'd be shocked if fewer than six were Big Ten and and, and SEC schools. Considering the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, Seven. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Seth, one of the best wide receivers in football. He is up for a contract extension. He and Jamar Chase, both teammates at LSU, both first round picks, both elite wide receivers, and they are both eligible for contract extensions. Justin Jefferson wants to know what the Vikings' plans are at quarterback before signing a contract extension, per a report. Um, if Justin Jefferson remains in Minnesota, it appears Kirk Cousins might be as well. The star wide receiver reportedly wants to know what the team's plans are. He's been an advocate, Jefferson has, of the team keeping Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. Yay, so he likes Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk is the guy who's thrown all these, you know, he, he, he is the one who's thrown all these passes in these 100-catch seasons the, to Justin the Jefferson. Vikings, the Vikings are, I, I feel like they're an NBA team that's caught in that um, that mediocre range. Purgatory. Death to an NBA team. Yeah. Yeah, where, oh boy, what do you do at quarterback? You've got this guy who's, uh, like, looks pretty healthy. I mean, he was dancing before they introduced Will Anderson for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Or was that before C.J. Stroud that they were doing no, that? No, it was, it was, that was Will Anderson. Yeah. That was before Will Anderson. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and yeah, there they sit. They had that Cinderella season two years ago where they bunch, won a bunch of really, really close games. They fell back down to earth. This year, but that included with an injury by Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think you got to you got to roll it back. You just gotta. You, I I don't know now. Kirk Cousins is not. It's he's not nearly as nice a guy in contract negotiations as you think. He's he's very good at getting paid. Yes. So I don't think that it's necessarily that. Oh, okay, they'll figure something out before free agency begins. I guess this might be this might be kind of a drawn out affair. It could. It could. I've I've seen rumblings of a hometown discount, but not from Kirk Cousins from. Nugget hussies, as you would call them, putting it out there uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that there may be a hometown discount. Now he is coming off an Achilles tear, so yeah, that yeah. There, there is that. Um, so but, that's true. That might be the the thing that gives him the dose of reality. Like, okay, I don't want to sit out here and do this forever. Who who do you trust more coming off an Achilles tear, Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins? I'd say Kirk Cousins because. Kirk's athleticism isn't as vital. You know, he's plenty athletic, don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't think it's as much of what makes him good. Mm-hmm. And he's also five years younger than yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. There's that. And I also just uh, man, Aaron Rodgers has looked... He's always had kind of bags under his eyes naturally, like Vince Vaughn. But he's starting to look kind of haggard these last couple years. He just looks tired all the time. And I, I just don't know... I don't know how that's going to fare. I, you know, some guys get into their late 30s or 40s and they start popping tendons and you're like, yeah, I mean, it's that's it's time for you. Um, that's how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. There's been, I've, I've seen, not rumors, but you know, speculation or whatever, I probably unfounded, but it's fun to think about that the Texans might open the season in New York against Aaron Rodgers in one of those primetime games. You get C.J. Uh-huh. Stroud on primetime and the return of Aaron Rodgers in primetime there because uh, they play at the Jets that would this be, year. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd yeah. like that a lot. 
And I think I, I would like the Jets to be relevant. I do think like I do think Robert Sala is getting a whole lot of flack for winning seven games with three different quarterbacks that nobody likes at all. Um, like I, I feel like that's you. You slip Aaron Rodgers into that situation, and you're probably a winning football team. Yeah, like almost almost assuredly and def- definitively a winning football. They won team. seven without him. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. They, they, they were seven and ten without him. Um, Eight. Last one. Uh, it turns out Eric Armstead, San Francisco 49ers defensive lineman, played through a knee injury during the postseason that he said on Tuesday is going to require surgery. Armstead told reporters he suffered a right meniscus injury initially in week 13 in their win, the Niners' win, over the Eagles, um, missing the final five regular season games, and then listed on the pre-Super Bowl injury report with foot and knee ailments. said the knee's going to require surgery. Said his hope is to return healthy sometime around training camp. And John Lynch, the GM, also added that Javon Hargrave, defensive lineman, finished the season playing with a torn thumb ligament. Seth, of these two defensive lineman injuries, you as the former defensive lineman, which one is harder to play with? Some sort of meniscus ailment or a torn thumb ligament? Uh, That's a good question. It depends on what your strength is with your hands. Um, The meniscus... The meniscus can swell a lot, mm-hmm. and it's like it do, it's not a matter of pain; it's just a matter of swelling. And if it swells up, your knee just shuts down and doesn't work properly. So probably the meniscus. Yeah, I, I think the average fan would go, "Sean, what are you talking? A knee, of course." But yeah. I think people underrate the hand fighting that goes on in the trenches down there. Doing that with a torn thumb ligament sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah. Hey, right. item nueve. Hmm? It, it was this. What do you feel about Kyle Shanahan's flat brim cap? I think I feel he's, like he's getting a little too old. I think he's too old to wear a flat brim cap. Yeah. yeah. He's 44. We, we noticed this at Radio Row. There was a guy who was like a really fit guy. He was probably in his 60s. Yeah. And he was wearing like, he was wearing sneakers, jeans, a blazer, a hoodie under the blazer, and yeah. a flat brimmed cap. And I felt like, man, you know what? You got to get rid of one of those items. Like, you either got to be wearing, you got to replace the sneakers with dress shoes, or you got to get rid of the hoodie. Um, or you got to get rid of the flat brim cap. That's, he was look. He looked like way too much. Like, uh, hey, what's up, fellow teenagers? Dude, that, it's of, an easy one for me. It's the hat. The I hat, like the yeah. the hoodie under the sport coat, like a nice thin hoodie under a sport coat. I like that look. I, yeah. That's a that's a good casual look. I like it a lot. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Wednesday here. Um, Will Anderson. All right, we need input from the audience here. Is Will Anderson the best personality? in Houston sports right now. He was on within the loop on Radio Row, and I think there are several nuggets of proof that back that up. But if you've got other names, send them in. 713-572-4610. That is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, we had a, a texter point out, I guess CJ was in multiple suites at the game on Sunday. Um, sweet hopping. Yeah, he was sweet hopping. Uh, Stroud was in a few suites at the Super Bowl. He was in the Raising Cane suite with Todd Graves as well. Uh, that's cool. I Boy, maybe we're more acutely tuned in with CJ because we cover him here. He's the quarterback of our football team. I think it'd be hard to find a bigger athlete who was the star of the show on Radio Row than CJ Stroud. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I thought you were... Th- that you were going to go towards like uh, the athletes in the suites because then, you know, Shaq was there. Yeah, and, yeah. No, no. LeBron yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm strictly on Radio Row. Yeah, uh, Radio Row. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, which other guys showed up? Like, um, I mean, uh, like Chuck Liddell's not nearly as big anymore, but Chuck Liddell was kind of like one of the non-football or traditional sports guys that showed up that created a buzz. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the, 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 former- the, the Rock. Showed up. The Rock. That's yeah, pretty that big. Kind of a big deal. Now, he only went, I think, to my knowledge, though, he only went on McAfee. I'm talking about guys that, like, bounced around to they all the They were going various. around and doing all the deals. Yeah. yeah. Cam Newton was kind of created a stir, um, but he was there with his own podcast. Yeah. But Cam, like, you can't help but notice Cam. Big but amongst, yeah, amongst current athletes, I think, yeah, CJ by far was, like, the only quarterback who was creating a lot of buzz walking around because Bryce Young wasn't there. No. Um... You know, and uh, Anthony Richardson wasn't there that I that I noticed. Uh, Will Levis not there. So Will Levis. Yeah. Will, well, I don't know if he was on Radio Row, but I told you he he showed up at the party that I was at on Friday. Yeah, he yeah, showed up in yeah. the cabana there, and I was about ready to walk over to him and give him a piece of my mind, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I feel like if I could connect with any quarterback, like who pops into a situation like that, Will Levis and I are from the same part of the country, so I've got that. I've got kind of a an entryway into at least starting a conversation with him. You could probably tell him, yeah, also if you just told him you were a social media agent or something like that, he'd be all about <laughs> oh, yeah. to get to know you. Marketing, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Um, you know who's on Radio Row? Will Anderson. Seth, you posed this question, and uh, I would put it to the listeners. Can you name somebody better right now, personality-wise, in Houston sports than Will Anderson? You picked your three favorite nuggets from the In the Loop interview with Will Anderson. Yeah, Jr. In the Loop has a great rapport with him. Now they've had him a couple times. Yep. Uh, this was the, and the, they're known critics of him having the number 51. Uh, so they asked if uh, if it had grown on him during the season. Yeah, it, it was the same. I just feel like it was the same like in college, like with 31. Like I, I'm going to ask you all a question. Which one is worse? 31 or 51? I think, I, I I think wanted, 51. Yeah, I think 51. <laughs> I wanted, like I you want, said, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was, looking at, I, was, I was like, Will needs to get like a single like a single digit like number or something like I that. I wanted to, but then they would put me in the classification with linebackers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, see, I now I, I I don't know how many people picked up on that, but I believe franchise tags for the linebackers 
are less than they are for edge rush. Edge rushers is yeah. a premium position. Yeah. Good job, yeah, Will yeah. Anderson. You don't want that, that, that designation. Like, Remember, Jadeveon Clowney had that issue where they they classified him as a linebacker. Yeah. So, and the Texans yeah. actually did the solid thing, which was they split the difference. They said, "Okay, we'll we'll give you the franchise there, or something like that, like halfway between an edge rusher or well, they don't have edge rusher designation. They have defensive end and linebacker. Yep. They made it right. Where really, the the so. Okay, yeah, maybe I didn't. I didn't think of that angle, Sean. That's a good angle. Yeah, I man. thought he just meant like as far as the rules for who's allowed to wear what number. Yeah, or what yeah. Have you. No, I think I, I think he knows already, man. That, that franchise tag. Now, hopefully, it never gets to so, that. Hopefully, they lock him up. But yeah, the the thing there that I thought that just kind of that was the the sound clip that made me think like ah. He's just—he's so real. Like he just—he's just. You're getting your the 100% actual Will Anderson personality was when he flipped it on those guys and just asked, "Let me ask you guys." You know, not being sensitive about the number or anything, but he wanted their opinion. Yeah, that was good. That was CJ's. Good. I noticed CJ doing that a lot to guys on Radio Row. Like he did it to—he uh, did it to Pat McAfee. <laughs> he started asking Pat McAfee questions. He did it to Micah Parsons, but I think it was because. I think Micah Parsons' podcast needs to not be an hour long. I, is that I, how I, long I got, it is? I got the feeling towards the end of the podcast that CJ had to start asking questions to keep the energy going. My, Micah, Micah looked like he was losing focus, as I would too, if I were if I were doing a one hour long podcast as a young man. Yeah, not not, um, not all yeah. these guys are good at this. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's bad at it or not. He just it doesn't it needs to not be an hour long. Yeah, but CJ would ask questions of people a lot. Uh, I like I that. Think Shane Goon was the person that you and I thought of and a couple of listeners thought of. Like, ha- might have a personality that rivals Will Anderson amongst current young Houston athletes. Yeah, we're right getting now. a lot of texts from people. Yeah. Um, says, uh, one says, uh, CJ's personality and sense of humor are up there. Check him out on Micah Parsons' podcast. You mentioned that. He did have good personality on there. I, I, think, I think Will, just based on sheer energy, is, is you know, for ranking him. Um, someone says y'all are forgetting Damian Pierce. I realize he was a non-factor oh, last season. Damn it, you're it right. might not even make the team next year, oh. but still, you're right. You're right. As far as if we're get, we're basing it just on personality, then a hundred percent Damian Pierce. Pierce, might I guess be number the, one. The blend of current effectiveness. I don't want to say ability because I think Damian still has plenty of ability. It's just got to be in the right scheme or when he figures this scheme out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Damian. Damian still might be numero uno for. Total like engaging personalities yep. in interviews right now. It is. Yeah. It's it's cool to have a bunch of guys like this. You know who else would have probably been on a list like this? Or I put Jimmy him on a Ward. list. Yes, Jimmy Ward. Exactly. Yeah. That's I think I Jim, thought of that just as yeah. Yeah, I think I think you got Will and you got Will Anderson, Damian Pierce, Jimmy Ward, and I'll throw CJ on there. And there's your Mount Rushmore of personality for the Houston Texans. Well, another guy that is not a huge personality, but I've enjoyed listening to him when he does talk is Dalton Schultz. Yes, I was going to say that too. Yes. And I would credit uh, the afternoon show had him on during Radio Row. They did. Yep. Yeah. They did. So the drive did a good job with him and they've done a good job with him before and he's just like he's not a huge personality but he gives very thoughtful answers. Yeah. And and I think a lot of this comes down to D'Amico just creating an environment where guys are comfortable being themselves. Like with O'Brien, like O'Brien was a lot more like Belichick where he just wanted everything under control and battened down all the time to where guys, like I've been on a team like that. I played for Tom Coughlin. You're, you're kind of terrified every time you get in front of a microphone because you're going to get called into the office if you slip up and say anything that's not the company line. And that creates some boring ass interviews it does where cj's just not that same uh, same type of 
iron-fisted dictator that some coaches are. Well, yeah, and I think D'Amico sets that sort of tone. I can't remember if it was with us or when he was on briefly with McAfee, but Casario addressed that, and, and that was that was something, I don't want to say it was jarring to hear, but hearing somebody who worked directly for Bill Belichick yeah. for 20 years say that we want our guys to come in and be authentic. We want them to mm-hmm. be themselves, You know that they trust them when they get up in front of a microphone to say the right things. Um I think it's cool. You know, like, I don't know if that's how Nick has always felt. You know, the fact of the matter is this is the first year that the Texans have had players that do interviews that would resonate nationally that yeah, since, that since, since Nick has been attention. here. This, let's yeah. call it what it is. This is the first year since Nick got here where they've had players that people outside of Houston care about. And well, and yeah. so I think, I, like, it was – I don't know if that's something that, that was a philosophy of Nick's those first two years or if it's something where – he and D'Amico, you know, where D'Amico's kind of had a, 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 you know, an effect, you know, and he goes, yeah, this isn't the worst thing in the world, guys having personality out there. Like yeah, this. and guys just uh, maybe just being looser and, and yeah. having fun with it, yeah. you know, yep. instead of, it's, and there's not a right or a wrong way to do it. I just know that, like, because I played for Tom Coughlin, who shares a lot of traits with Bill Belichick, and it, a lot of it just comes down from the Parcells school of things, where it's almost like like paranoia and fear are a couple of the things that help you keep your edge. And like those guys flat out want guys, they want them to be stressed out all the time. That's just what a, that, uh, at least I assume it's that way because that's how every guy that plays in those, like Ted Johnson and I have had the exact same emotional experiences playing for Belichick and Coughlin. It's like you get to the end of the season and, and you're like, oh, Holy crap! Whoa, I didn't, I didn't realize. I did that first week off. You're like, oh, I didn't realize like how stressed out I was every single day yeah. going into the office. And it does. It keeps guys focused, you know. Sure. Um, but there's other ways to do it too. Yeah. And there's there's plenty of guys that have had success doing it the Miko's way. When I look at it objectively, now that I'm removed from all of it, all I can think is like, why? If you have the choice, why? Why do it the miserable way? Yeah. I don't know. I guess uh, life I don't, is short, now, man. Yeah, Belichick and Coughlin do have uh, quite a few Super Bowls between. They the do. Two. It's worked. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely yeah. worked. Um, here's another one from Will Anderson Jr. Texan fans, fear not. He loves the city of Houston. I'm very comfortable, man. And places gotta, to eat, places to do, things to do, that type thing. Yeah, I just got to give a shout out to the fans. Thank you all so much, man. We appreciate all the love and support this year. But I love the city of Houston, man. Like food, I ain't gonna lie. When I first, <laughs> when I first got there. I was like, wow, this is not going to be good. This is the heaviest I ever weighed when I first I was like, I was like 260 when I first got there because I was eating out all the time yeah. on TikTok trying to find different restaurants, <laughs> eating smash burgers, turkey leg hut. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. you know it, man. <laughs> yeah. You're in. But yeah. I love Houston, man. It's phenomenal. Houston Institution, Smash Burger. Yes. <laughs> I, just, I should have edited that one out. That's all right. So, <laughs> I think that... Uh, the one part there that I was uh, I was intrigued by was he said he was 260, and that was the heaviest he's been. Because at one point, you know, he's been listed at 265 at yeah. points. Um, I I do I do feel like he has room to put good weight on his frame, mm-hmm. uh, like because he's not fat at all. Um, but I think he also I think he's always been a little bit more of a for one he was a linebacker. Um, you know, and played multiple different spots 
on the line, both you know as a defensive end and a little bit more of a stand-up guy at times. Um, I think he's got a little bit more room to become a, a bit more like a Joey, a Nick Bosa mm-hmm. um, than where he is right now. Uh, but not that that's essential or something. But I, I like I feel he's strong, but he's not quite as strong as he could be. Yeah, he... there's times where there's times where I feel like his um, there, there could be a little bit more development. Text messages here. Best personality among Houston sports figures: D'Amico, Will Anderson Jr., Jose Altuve, C.J. Stroud. Sleeper yeah. sleeper picks due to foreign goofiness: Shengun and Boban. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Boban. Boban, that's for a sure. good one. Yeah, yeah. Boban's a Boban. Good one. Uh, we just we, you and I both saw that clip of Vanessa Richardson being harassed by Boban. <laughs> he she was trying night. to do a stand up report. <laughs> yes, is it live? Is this live? Her head. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yes, Boban, this is live. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It wasn't harassment. I was joking, but yeah. they, they were having fun. Yep. Uh, yeah, Boban. Well, the, the, and this is the thing with the Astros and with the Rockets. I think there are a lot of the guys that have personalities you don't get to see as much of it because they're if they're not supernatural English speakers. So, like even with Altuve, who speaks English great and everything, but still, I think I don't think you could get the full dose of his personality when he's giving interviews. He's he's a little bit more careful. Yeah, with him, it's a lot more of like oh. Man, he's just so pure yeah. in so many ways. Like he's just so he's so devoid of ego for a guy who's so good at baseball. Yes, um, that he comes off as more of a good person than a huge personality. Yep, yep. Um, Jonathan Grenard got a little vote here on oh, the text Oh, that's page. a good one. Grenard's got a great personality. You know who appreciates that? Guys who do a pregame show, which includes a player interview. Yes. Because every time, every oh. time Drew Doherty interviews John Grenard, it's like an 11 minute interview. Yes. And you and I just sit and talk to fans and oh. eat barbecue during it's, the, during the interview. He's an innings eater. That's what we call that. Yeah. Jonathan yeah. Grenard, for sure. All right. Payne and Pendergast with you. 713-572-4610. If you want to continue to weigh in on that, um, the athletic power rankings are out. The NFL.com power rankings are out. We'll just tell you where the Texans are real quickly, but I think these rankings, particularly the ones in the athletics, show how the pressure is squarely on Nick Casario this offseason. The opportunity in front of the Texans will explain next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Breaking news from Sports Radio 610 is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Okay. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. That didn't take long. The joy and the hope of pitchers and catchers reporting today. What Valen- happened? Valentine's Day of all days. The joy of Astros. The Astros getting their spring training started today. 45 minutes ago, Will Kunkel of Fox 26 here in town. Tweets this, Justin Verlander tells me he is, quote, a couple weeks behind, end quote, in his throwing schedule due to some shoulder discomfort. The good news is he's thrown off the mound three times in his schedule. He says it's too far away to say opening day is in jeopardy. I don't even like the fact that opening day being in jeopardy is a we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather be like, oh, no, I've had this before. I'll be good by March 4th. You remember when he came back um, from his injury, it was that he wasn't going to be there for opening day, but it was all part of the plan that they had set in motion. Remember, it was like, oh, okay, we've got it all set up and lined up. So, yeah, I'm not going to be the opening day starter, but um, that's okay. Because uh, th- 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 that felt better than this does right here because there's more uncertainty around this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, good job by Will Kunkel. Filling Mark Berman's shoes and breaking a little bit of news here. Those are tough shoes to fill over at Fox 26. The news-breaking shoes of a Mark Berman. So good job, Will Kunkel. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a problem. <laughs> you know, like a, I are there are there any pitchers on the in the Astros rotation right now that don't come with some degree of just angst when you. Talk about them, you know, because right, we, you don't feel rock solid and cocky on any of them. Yeah, the way you did before, right? Yeah, you know what though, uh, Sean? Uh, good, good. I'm glad we got a reality check a little bit. I think we've gotten a little too cocky for a little too long on just having having astoundingly okay. good pitching and depth, and like, oh no, we've got too many good starting pitchers. Okay. It's going to be a real pain in the butt. So How you, are they going to do this? So you'd rather make sure our egos are in check instead of winning a World Series. That's what I'm hearing you say right now. That's yeah, what I, yeah. That's, I'd like to honestly. <laughs> that's more important. No, I think that. The first dose was when you started to try to, you know, when you realized you were going to have to talk yourself into Hunter Brown or J.P. France mm-hmm. more so than maybe they'd earned uh, because you had to <laughs> We were in Jalen Green mode on, on those guys for a long time where you'd, they'd get a couple good performances in a row and you're like, yeah, you see? Yeah. You see? They're awesome. That's all there is to it. Um, it's going to be a hell of a first year for Espada in managing this part of it. If you yes. like I, I honestly I think the way you frame it is perfect. Look just look I'll read down the names of the starting pitchers. There's not a single one that you can't talk yourself into, but there's not a single one that you can't also terrify yourself. Right, with. then I could see the wheels falling off on. Verlander experiencing discomfort, not sure if he's going to start. Yep. Uh Framber Valdez went from the most consistent dude in all of the land to wildly inconsistent yep. and frambering in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, Christian Javier, Jose Urquidy, Lance McCullers, Luis Garcia, Hunter Brown, JP France. Those I are- the guy I might feel most rock solid about is Luis Garcia. 
Yeah, but he's not back until the second half of the season. I, I know, yeah. but I feel good about it. You do? <laughs> yeah. He's got to. I feel like once he comes back, I'm not worried about his changing in motion or anything. Okay, yeah, yeah because you brought that up yesterday that he's got to, you know, he only had six games to rock the baby last year. Well, he only had six to games get rid of to, well, to get rid of rocking yeah, get the rid baby. Of it, yeah. But that, remember, that's not as big a deal because he only does that out of the windup. Like he pitches out of the, when he's pitching out of the stretch, he couldn't rock the baby. Yeah. So it's not like he was unaccustomed to, to not rocking the baby. So I'm not worried about that and then it's just a matter of like a normal rehab as long as I don't hear anything weird about him I trust that he'll be just fine so Fromber's probably the opening day starter right yeah. like barring barring injury I mean I guess Verlander might be if the shoulder thing isn't a big deal but yeah uh, Javier with Javier the biggest thing is just again all right is he cut out to be an everyday starter full-time yeah uh, like because two years ago they worked him into it he didn't have to have that full load um, just exactly how do you use Christian Javier? I'm anxious to see what Javier looks like body type wise. I think he was oh, yeah? out of shape last year. Yes, I you think, think he was, so. And I was not alone in thinking that. Yeah, he, I, I think he looked heavy to me. Um, you know, not not portly. You know, not not gut hanging over the belt, but he just looked a little heavy. I have a hard. I don't know. I have a hard time judging, and I know that that, that people had that estimation. The thing with Javier, he's got a little bit of Lance Berkman in him, which is uh, I feel like his face is fatter than his than his actual physique. Yeah, and like Matt Stafford too. People uh, judge him more harshly than than they should. Maybe and maybe maybe he's got that body and face type, but I think like I looked at you look at pictures of him from twenty twenty two. Yeah. In 2023, and I think he just body wise, forget about his face, body wise, he just he looks a little heavier in 2023. Um, so I think that's that's a big question mark for me too. But yeah, if you missed it, the news is from Will Kunkel of Fox 26, Justin Verlander, uh, a couple weeks behind in his throwing schedule due to shoulder discomfort. Um, as far as the Texans go, Nick Casario, um, the the Texans are are fifth in the power rankings on the athletic. I'm not going to do a deep dive on the power rankings. That that wasn't the purpose of what I brought up. What I'm the the reason I bring this up is that if the teams near the top of the power rankings, presumably those are the teams you expect the Texans to be competing with if they want to win a Super Bowl this year. The Texans have a very unique opportunity here, Seth. Most of the time teams with the amount of cap space the Texans have are bad football teams. Hmm. And if you look at this is, again, according to The Athletic. These numbers are not exact. But they have the Chiefs number one in their power rankings. Chiefs, Chiefs actually have $24 million in cap space, which is a lot for a team with Pat Mahomes as your quarterback and a lot of good players on the team. But you look at most of the teams that are in the top ten, Niners, they're over the cap right now. Lions have a lot of space. Ravens are barely under the cap. The Packers are over the cap. They're sixth in these rankings. The Bills are $51 million over yeah. the cap. Yeah, the Bills got issues. This is the year. Oh, this is the first year that Josh Allen's contract yeah. kicks in big. Yeah. He's over forty million per year for the next five years or so. The Browns are nineteen million over the cap, and that actually oh. sounds a little bit low given the fact that their quarterback yeah. is a sixty-four million dollar hit this year. And I, I was not gasping at the Browns; I was gasping at the team underneath them. The I didn't realize. Yeah. I didn't realize the Dolphins were fifty-two million over the cap. Fifty-two million. Yeah, yeah. Over the cap. Over the cap. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow. Bengals, Bengals have a lot of money to spend. They've got fifty nine million to spend. They're tenth on here. Cowboys are Cowboys are nineteen million over the cap, and have some major contract extensions to get done. We've got one more year of Dak Prescott, which is a fifty nine million dollar hit right now. So he's going to get an extension, so he can spread that money out. Except Dak, man, Dak's already established that he's not afraid 
to play the game. You know, like he, go to free agency he, game. Yeah, yeah, or in just not in like he's he's played hardball before, and I think he remembers when they paid everybody except him. You know, they paid Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, there's probably a part of Dak Prescott who I'm sure loves Ezekiel Elliott and they're good friends and everything. But on the business side of things, got to be like you paid a damn running back who ended up getting fat and sucking uh instead of paying your quarterback yeah uh no i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna do you any favors counterpoint they did end up paying him that contract the year after his foot got turned around backwards in a football game yeah but it was like after he had like he'd had uh like he just, he demonstrated how much leverage he had yeah. as their quarterback yeah. in doing that i don't think i don't think he like he look <clears throat> there's no way in hell he's looking at that and thinking like oh wow they were so nice to have paid me they paid him because they had to pay him yeah um, they've got to pay C.D. Lamb and Micah Parsons at some point too. Like they've got a lot of work to do for a team that's yeah, twenty million over the cap. Micah Parsons' agent is David Mulligetta, so I'm sure it'll be uh, that'll cool. go. Fine. And uh, Micah Parsons has just flat deal. out openly talked about leaving the team. Yeah, done yeah. other uh, done on? other weird things. Yeah. Um. I, so I guess my overall point with this is, and I I think this is the off season of Casario. Like Nick Casario is the most important person in the building for the next. Two two and a half months over there. From from now through day three of the draft, he if he gets this right, man, if he deploys this fifty seven million or sixty million or whatever the number ends up being, it'll probably end up being higher after they cut some guys. Right? They cut Robert Woods. There's five million you can pick up. Um, if he gets this right and he has a good draft, I don't expect him to hit home runs on all his picks. Man, it. I mean, it, in some ways, it feels like a necessity given what their schedule looks like this year that yeah, they get yeah. this stuff right. Well, I think if you, if you think about the leap the Texans made from 2010 to 2011, yeah. it was a matter of a coaching change on defense and a few key free agency signings. Dra- I mean, J.J. really wasn't a factor that year in a big way until the playoffs. Uh, it was just it was a few key clutch moves in free agency and elsewhere that turned them into a completely different team. Yep. And these Texans are already a playoffs team. Can you, can you ratchet it up to contender – with a couple key moves. Yes, I think you can. It's just that's I, – like, I don't want to undersell how hard it is to get those moves right in free agency. Yep. The, the thing that I get excited about is those, those clips we played yesterday from T.Y. Hilton yeah. uh, from the, the Zaire Franklin podcast. Yeah, the Trenches podcast, yep. Where, like, when T.Y. Hilton was talking about just how blown away he was by watching – CJ Stroud and Tank Dell. Yes. I got really excited. Yeah. Because it's, you know, and they were joking about it on that podcast. There's a bunch of Colts and former Colts you know, heaping praise on CJ Stroud and, uh, and Tank Dell, and it killed them to have to do it. But that they just have a, they have a connection in going off script. And as T.Y. Hilton first started off gushing about them off script, but then talked about, and then, and then they go on script, and it's just as scary. Yeah. So you're getting that back. But with now this entire offseason of CJ being able to work with those guys, just like he did last offseason, except this year, those guys actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like Tank and CJ especially. Yeah, they were forming a great relationship. They were learning about each other and everything. But they didn't even know what they didn't know at that point, mm-hmm. where now they've got a full season. Well, CJ's got a full season of experience and Tank a whole lot of experience in in knowing exactly what the obstacles are and how to work on them. In yeah, the yeah. And I think if you go back to training camp, like it, was, it wasn't it was even anything they, they, they worked into. And by, oh, by week six, they had a connection immediately, CJ and Tank did. You know, like yeah. I, my expectation is they just hit the ground running again. 
when training camp rolls around. You know, the cool thing about Tank was that there were times in camp where, oh, who I can't remember which defensive back it was. They would get pretty physical with Tank. And Tank, like, there were some times where, man, Tank was on the ground at the, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, like, he, he really just worked his butt off to, to the point where that wasn't an issue. He, yep. just, he learned all the tricks of the trade for being a smaller guy and how to get off the line um, against guys trying to press you, and it just was never really a talking point for the most part. Yep. I got a couple texts from people, hey, where can I find that audio that you're talking about with uh, T.Y. Hilton talking about Tank Dell and C.J. Stroud? How about we play it for you? If you missed it yesterday, we'll play it for you coming out of the break. Uh, next, and also an, an unlikely source or an unlikely person bailing me out of my take on the Kyle Shanahan decision in overtime of the Super Bowl. That is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 